The following recording is a production of Kicking Out at Two in conjunction with the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network and is intended for private use only. For more information, head on over to facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two or our Twitter handle at kicking out two, along with searching Retromania with a W on any and all podcast platforms available to listen to archive shows such as this and all the great content of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Evergreen content at your fingertips anytime at your listening pleasure. And with that being said, we thank you for listening and hope you enjoy the show. Another celebration is in order with this episode of Kicking Out of Two as we celebrate and will continue to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Monday Night Raw here in wrestling history. I am one half of your hosting squad, Dave Rosenbluth. Joining me as always, my good, dear, personal, longtime friend, Mr. Dennis J. Levy. What's up, pal? Dave, always a pleasure. It's that, um, that's going to be a fun episode. One of my, oh, I don't want to say one of my favorites, but, but I did enjoy this match on Raw between um, Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect a lot. Yes. Um, this is one of the from one of the early episodes of Monday Night Raw. This is the third episode of Monday Night Raw in its infancy. If you go in the archives at Retromania, um, Kobe Knight and I, uh, for marking out the days, the season known as Raw is thirty, is um, we we watched the annual episode of Monday Night Raw, the very first one from January eleventh, nineteen ninety three. That's up in the archives. You can find that over at Retromania by searching Retromania with a W. But uh, uh, you know, I. I, I I, I took to the polls, and I went on Twitter, and I asked all you guys which episode of Monday Night Raw from the month of January you wanted us to watch and cover in watch-along form. And it was this episode, when Ric Flair leaves the WWF. It was uh, the Mike Tyson-Steve Austin confrontation. Uh, Vince McMahon returning in January of 2003, and then the Raw Roulette from January of 2008. And it came pretty close. And actually, it was a tie between Tyson and Austin and Ric Flair leaving the WWF. And I went to Dennis and I said, which one would you like to watch? And he said, let's watch Ric Flair leaving the WWF in 1993. So, we've decided that that's the episode that we're going to watch with all of you. Once you find it on Peacock. Which is, it's not the worst app in America anymore. I've been saying this for a while. It's actually gotten a little bit better. Getting to, you know, finding certain things... Still is a slight issue, but actually navigating, like putting a show up in the queue, it doesn't take as long. You fast forward is much easier. So um, this show runs 45 minutes and two seconds. Um, it's from season one, episode three, January 25th, 1993. Ric Flair battles Mr. Perfect and the loser must leave the WWF. Not the WWE, the WWF. So... When I say play, press play. From time to time, we're going to put the audio up. I'll let you know. I'll give you guys a timestamp. As we watch something from February of 1993, continue March, April, May, so on and so forth. You get the picture. And we're going to have a lot of fun with it. So, from February of 1993, continue March, April, May, so on and so forth. You get the picture. And we're going to have a lot of fun with it. So, continue March, April, May, so on and so forth. You get the picture. And we're going to have a lot of fun with it. So, um, you'll continue March, April, May, so on and so forth. You get the picture. And we're going to have a lot of fun with it. So, you'll definitely have a good time. And there's a lot in store for that podcast. As well as this one. Doing a lot of roulette-style 
options when it comes to watch-alongs because we're going to be covering the years 1993, 1988, 1998, 2003, and 2008 in wrestling history. Just Not just WWE. We're, we're, we'll be covering WCW. We'll be covering ECW. You know, uh, we'll be covering um, uh, NWA. We'll be covering even some TNA stuff. So I'm going to try and go across the board. We're going to be doing watch-alongs. Watch-alongs will be the, the, the main focus, but we'll also be throwing in some reviews. You know, we're going we're gonna to sit down separately, Dennis and I, and watch a pay-per-view, and we're going to give it a recap, if you will, in-depth conversation without actually doing a watch-along um, of it. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do that sort of thing. So um, be on the lookout for all that stuff coming your way, uh, courtesy of Kicking Out of Two and the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. So... Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say press play. You're going to press play, and we're going to have a little fun with this watch along. Um, so I'm going to give you a countdown in three, two, one, hit play as we open live from New York City, baby. Yeah. Um, outside the Manhattan Center. Here's Sean Hooney. Let's play the audio for this. start to this episode of Monday Night Raw. Looks like Repo Man is going to be taking a Macho Man. Repo Man. Uh, That was a good theme, yeah. That uh, Big Fan Demolition, obviously. Yeah, we talked about it on that episode. This this looks like this is a... um, uh, Now, this was the the night after the 1993 Royal Rumble event. So, I'm... If I missed... Was this taped? Or was this had to have been live? But there was no internet and spoilers back in the day, so I'm not quite sure. I can look that up. But Yokozuna won the 1993 Royal Rumble. Bret Hart defeated Razor Ramon. Here comes Macho Man Randy Savage. It was his hat back. Yeah. Now, 
at the time of this recording, it's it's January the 10th as we're recording this. We're going to be dropping this next week. Um, the, uh, the the 18th of January, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be dropping this. And the week following the 18th would be the 25th. Two days before that would be the 23rd, which it appears that the WWE is going to be doing a 30th anniversary special for Monday Night Raw. There's a rumor that they might be going... Do you remember when they did the Raw 25-year anniversary and they held part of it at the Manhattan Center? There's been talk of doing that again. There's, I guess, some plans to to make a big deal out of this with the 30th anniversary. It's going to be like an all-hands-on-deck kind of show. A lot of legends, guys from the past. Um, I can't believe they don't do it. I thought it was anti-competitive. But then I heard heard that um, the... Raw from that evening is going to emanate from the F- Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. So it, I don't think, I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think that they have plans to run the Manhattan Center at this time uh, for the 30th anniversary of Monday Night Raw. Although I think it would be kind of cool if they ran this really? building. Yeah, add a little nostalgia to it. You know, I, I liked it when they did it the last time. The only problem was, was they wasted it on like three segments there. Like it was a Bray Wyatt match. And then Undertaker came out after he had apparently retired the first time. And then they had DX stand in the ring and beat up, uh, what's it, um, their FTR. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was just it was, it was, it was just stupid. Like, they should have just ran the whole three-hour show from there. That's just my opinion. Yeah, totally. I, I don't know. It just didn't make any sense to me. And it felt like, like the matches weren't that great. And, like, even that DX thing, you're like... The way they had that anniversary set up, I thought it was kind of silly. They were in Brooklyn for for the main show, and then they would cut to the the this building here, the Manhattan Center, which also in that same building is the Hammerstein Ballroom. So where ECW yeah, used to course, hold some yeah. events as well. Um, TNA did some television tapings from this this very facility, the Manhattan Center in. Uh, Late 2000s. Really? Yep. Like 2015, 2016, I think. Interesting. Yeah. It's got like a neat little like old carny style. Like it's got like an independent wrestling feel to it in a way. I like to know what they use it uh, normally for. It's like for like plays and stuff. and uh, Concerts too, I think. Um, So where where, where the fans are sitting... Um, the hard cam where the hard camera's facing, yeah, where they're sitting right there. Um, that's like a staging area, so they just put like risers, like bleachers, up in that staging area where where you see that red backdrop over there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's a staging area. There's actually a stage there. Um, so yeah, I would imagine there's concerts and or even plays, theater of some yeah. kind. Yeah, I see a balcony, so uh, yeah, yeah. But these old Raws from 93, even though the action wasn't that great, I just I don't know, maybe just because I'm older, I'm 40 now. Um, I like the nostalgic look to it. Like, <laughs> I see too, actually. You know? Yeah. I'm just saying that, that, that uh, I would love to see, have, you know, have a full Raw back, back, back in this arena, whatever, but 
if they do it the way they did it five years ago, oh, it was awful, in my opinion. I did not enjoy it. Yeah, it, it sounds like they're not going to go back. And can you imagine you being that poor guy who probably paid like 500 bucks for that ticket and you got three matches, essentially, uh, two matches in a segment? Well, th- well, two segments in a match, really. Oh, yeah, excuse me, yeah. Yeah, that was that that was pretty weak. I'm not gonna lie, that was pretty weak. Like this storyline here of the Repo Man repossessing Randy Savage's <laughs> hat. Like this is the best way they could use Randy Savage in '93. I, I I'm still I wouldn't say I'm sour grapes, but Randy Savage had a lot to offer at that time. Still, he was still he proved it at WCW. Yeah, you know, I I'm just I'm I'm floored that Vince. Didn't see more for him. Yeah. You know, I know that he was trying to go for more youth with Brett and Sean and Razor and Undertaker and all those guys. But I feel like Savage still had a place in the ring. And, you know, Savage could have worked with Sean, you know, and they would have had like, he kind of, the the rumor I heard was that he wanted to work with Sean and pass the torch. Yeah. But Vince didn't want anything to do with it. I don't know. And uh, he definitely, in my opinion, proved that he had a lot of meat on the bone when it came to uh, his wrestling career. Like, like I'll die in this hill. I know people want to say, you know, Hogan, uh, that um, Hogan Macho, or maybe Jake the Snake Macho. My favorite rivalry of all time, Diamond Dallas Page Macho Man. That was my favorite rivalry. With, with, excuse me, if I did be use better terminology, for a Macho Man or DDP. Those are my that was my favorite rivalry for for, for those for either of those guys. Yeah. I mean, you can't argue. Savage helped make Page into a main eventer and a household name. You know, beating him in the main event on yeah. a pay per view. You know that was that was definitely a big deal. He could have done that for Sean. I don't know. Yeah, or anybody. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about we, you and I've had con- there, there's been there's been con- we we've had conversations in the group text before about like what it could have should us and that's what I love about doing this podcast is when we watch this stuff. We can go back and be like, woulda, coulda, shoulda. And, you know, I think Randy yeah. Savage definitely could have played a larger role during this era and and not, and he still wouldn't have taken away from them trying to spotlight the younger guys. Like, here's another thing that, like, baffled me, right? How come when, how come Randy Savage and Undertaker never had a rivalry? You're you right. know? Like, yeah. I remember, I think that they've had, like, one match. Like one or two matches, like I don't even singles matches, like yeah. like uh, like a Coliseum home video exclusive or something like that. But nothing ever like substantial. Like when Savage was wrestling Jake, yeah, he was focused on Jake, but Undertaker was still a bad guy. Why didn't we ever see those those matches? You know, great point. Like I just there was so much left on the table for Randy Savage during this time period. You know the the the, the list of guys he could have worked with. You know, WrestleMania Nine could have WrestleMania Nine. Most people consider arguably the one of the worst WrestleManias of all time, based on a lot of different things. Mainly the Hogan finish at the it end. It was bad. But Randy Savage could have played an integral part on that on that show in a match against someone like a Razor Ramon or even Lex Luger. You know, yeah. Lex Luger was another one that like came in and made a splash, and Savage could have really helped. Further him up the card, but yeah, because definitely Lex Luger definitely felt very flat. He needed uh, he needed someone to carry him, and like when, when like like when 
when he was wrestling like Yokozuna, you know, and he had to carry the match. Oh, they were stinkers. But you get Macho, that could, that could it could have been different. You're absolutely right. Like I thought, um, I thought honestly, Savage and Razor was going to be a, a, a like a like a mid card type of match at WrestleMania. Like I didn't think Savage wasn't going to be wrestling at WrestleMania. Yeah. Let me put it to you that way because I thought that Savage and Razor still had unfinished business when Razor cost them the belt. You know. And so I thought that WrestleMania was going to be the blow-off. And, and then said they put Razor Ramon with Bob Backlund. Uh, yeah. You know? I don't know. Yeah. Then, uh... <clears throat> but look yeah, what's I, 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 Yeah, him, 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 Razor, then out of WrestleMania match is mind-boggling. Oh, elbow that's drop. That, that's got to be it. That's it right there. Finishes over. Savage wins. And he gets his hat back. Oh, yeah. I got my lucky hat back. Yeah, that's right. Now I'm really a macho man. Uh huh. That would be funny if it, like, you read uh, a macho man like autobiography where it's like, most important match in my life is against a repo man getting that hat back. If there's a Mount Rushmore <laughs> Macho Man matches, it's the WrestleMania match with Hulk Hogan, <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Ted DiBiase in the Repo Man. Uh-huh. Yeah, look, he's not done with Repo Man. Yet. Uh, he okay, wants some yeah. more. Get your hat, dude. Otherwise, he's going to take it again. True. What are you doing? He went uh, from... There it is. Oh, he's going to get it. Oh, you want me to put it on? Yeah. I'm going to wear it. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Cover my bald spot. Yeah, dig it. I feel bad. I got a bald spot too going. It's all good. I, I got yeah. some thinning hair myself. So there's, yeah, that's what happens when you get older. Savage is still cool, though. Even with the bald spot. Oh, totally. Cool, you know? <clears throat> A lot of un, untapped content for Randy Savage. Speaking of untapped. I'm sorry. Like, like, like I mean, like, the if, raw, if I met that girl at a bar, yes, I was banging shit out of her. Raw girls? But, like, but like, dude, that girl looked like she was like a crackhead. Is this the WrestleMania music video? Let's play it. I love that theme. It gets you so hyped. Like I, 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 I'll edit it into my my intros sometimes during WrestleMania season when we do when we cover a show for WrestleMania. Like it just gets you pumped up, you know. Like like that pumped me up just listening to that for WrestleMania. Like it, that feeling will never go away as a wrestling yeah. fan, no matter how, what you feel about WWE and the current product. Like WrestleMania will always, I don't know, just I know, not get you feeling a certain way. Random song from like an up and comer. I, I don't like it. Yeah. It's okay. It's whatever. Speaking of whatever, here's Kamala as a babyface with Slick as his manager taking on the Brooklyn Brawler here. I'm assuming that Kamala's in the Hall of Fame, yeah? No, Kamala really? is not in the Hall of Fame. That's another one I think that probably should go. Because who I think should go as well, I think Brooklyn Brawler. I think 
He deserves it. I really do. I'm, I'm with you there. Brooklyn Brawler was very integral in making guys into I, household names as a as a performer. I put uh, Brooklyn Brawler and Barry Horowitz both in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. But, uh... I was looking correct. Tell me Slick. Rick's in the Hall of Fame. Flair? No, no, um... Slick? Slick, yeah. He's not a Rick. He's I'm just the doctor's I, 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 Yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. Oh, um, wait a minute. Is he? Oh, come on. He's not. No, he's not. Slick is not in the no. Hall of Fame. Oh, that's unbelievable to me. What is Kamala doing to Port, Port Brooklyn? Anyway. Yeah, that was a little weird there. I don't yeah. know what that was all put about. His, but Put his butt literally right in his nose. Anyway. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of this Kamala or Slick. Being a baby face, I thought we thought I liked Slick as a bad guy manager. Like I just thought. Yeah, me was, too. Is this he where was, he's the priester? Yeah, the priester. Uh, you know, uh, a priest. He just took. <laughs> no, no, a pastor. There we go. I don't know what yeah. uh, what you there want to consider, but I'm Jewish. What the fuck? The priester. Look at it. And then the way Kamala used to cover guys, like he did. Yeah, you know, know, that was interesting. Yeah. I like that little him. We have to love him. quirkiness about his character. I like that. The priester, the doctor, the doctor of priester <laughs> slick. That's his. That's what he's now called on this show, the doctor of priester ladies, slick. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm in the, the to to a church. They know what you meant. I'm Jewish. They know what you meant. Okay, they know what you meant. I'm sorry. Okay, you don't have to apologize. I insulted anyone. You, know, you didn't insult anybody. If you're a priest or a pastor, I apologize. <laughs> I hardly think any of them would be listening to this. You never know. Podcast. You think you've got people from Australia listening to us? So you never know. Yeah, I do have some international listeners. I'm not going to lie, I do. Um, I appreciate the international flavor of, of 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 the fan base of the brand, if you will. I like it. There is Kamali slapping the belly. He, <laughs> he slipped and fell. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> yeah, he's not in the Hall of Fame either. Brawler's yeah. under the rope. Like, come on. Is he still alive, though, Kamala? I just no, heard Kamala he, died a couple years ago. I heard, I heard like, yeah, yeah, amputated with diabetes. Both his right? legs got amputated. He was confined to a wheelchair. Ugh. And then he passed away a couple of years ago. <clears throat> I think from complications of his diabetes. I think so. Come on, Kamala. Let's end this. this yeah, is, that's kind of boring. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of over this at this point. You should have just... You I splash him. Here we go. Here we go. This better be it. There it is. There's All right. Here we go. Oh. oh, no. What are you doing? What are you doing? Roll back over again. Oh, God. Please. This is ridiculous. This was kind of funny at first, and now it's like... Yeah, he did it like three times already. Like, uh, it, that should have been... Right, the there finish. it is. Come on. What are you, what's going on here? <laughs> I'm Vince. I, I got to come on. <clears throat> Vince is probably loving this. Like, I got there. Keep it up, pal. <laughs> You're a stupid Ugandan that doesn't know how to cover the motherfucker oh, on the pet on the mat. God damn it! Yeah, that was painful. And who was the other guy? I mean, like very famous guy. I'm pissed that I can't think about it. African American gentleman had the like the African warrior gimmick, and I couldn't. Saba Simba. It was yeah. Tony Atlas. I can't. How can you do that to Tony? Poor Tony. Beats me. Here, Vince is gonna. Oh, let's, this, this should be good. Vince is going to conduct an interview with these two. Let's let's play the audio for this. Colonel Parker? Colonel Parker? You mean the guy that makes the brown sir rolls? No, I'm not Colonel Parker. You got to, let's see what he has to say. Keep your mouth shut. I must say that this 
extraordinary. What you have done for Kamala, Reverend Slick, is outstanding. Reverend. play this. Another great theme. Alright folks, right here on WWF Monday Night Raw, here we go with your post-Royal Rumble report. Brought to you by our good friends at Coliseum Home Video. The exclusive distributors of the Survivor Series and yesterday's gigantic Royal Rumble. Available at video stores everywhere February the 11th. All right, ladies and gentlemen, in case you missed the Royal Rumble yesterday, i got to tell you, you missed a lot. We've come to expect the unexpected from World Wrestling Federation pay-per-view events, and it happened again yesterday in California's capital city of Sacramento. Number one, a successful title defense for the World Wrestling Federation champion, Bret the Hitman Hart. Then more big news, and I mean really big. The winner of the 30-man Royal Rumble, 500-pound-plus Japanese superstar, Yokozuna. This tentatively sets up a big main event for WrestleMania 9 on April the 4th of 1993 at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, Nevada, providing Bret the Hitman Hart retains the World Wrestling Federation title. It'll be him going against challenger Yokozuna. Well, Bobby the Brain Heenan did it again at the Royal Rumble. Finally, unveiling Narcissus, we had waited for a long time to see just exactly who this individual was, Lex Luger. Now, I am not a big Lex Luger fan, but ladies and gentlemen, I gotta tell you, this man looked like the bronze Adonis. Obviously, in fabulous shape, and he's got some goals, some ambitions, some objectives here on the World Wrestling Federation. More big news. I mean, gigantic news in the form of Giant Gonzalez. All of a sudden, during the course of action in the Royal Rumble, Gonzalez brutally attacking The Undertaker. I have never seen The Undertaker manhandle like this. I didn't think anybody could do to The Undertaker what Gonzalez did. And I guarantee you, we have not heard the end of that particular story. I'm sure in the weeks and months to come, there's going to be more to be told about what transpired yesterday at the Royal Rumble. And of course, you can get all the latest breaking developments right here this coming weekend on the World Wrestling Federation Television Network. Now, ladies and gentlemen, just listen to that theme music. Come on, we need that back. Up. We need it back. Yeah, I guess you're pumped up. Here's the Raw Girl. I, I, used to like, I used to like the Ring Girls with the signs. That Me was, too, but that like was this cool. one, though, oh my God. <clears throat> this is not a winner. I bet you she's probably some 
woman that works in like the legal department. And Vince, <laughs> Vince, paid, Vince gave her a little bonus to come out in her bikini as we see an Icro Pro ad. Brandon does look jacked there. Give him credit. <clears throat> yeah, it's, I mean, the way the camera angle. Integrated conditioning program. This, potato chips? Fuck potato chips. Yeah. Get a little beef. <laughs> get a little spice. Need a little excitement. Slip it to a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. I can only have them once or twice a year, but Slim Jims are, are kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. I think they're pretty good. Yeah. They certainly are. Here we go. It's the main event time already. Well, not the main event, but a marquee match here. Ric Flair. It was not the main event. It was that Flair perfect. The Bushwhackers. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. They're wrestling. <laughs> yeah, they're on. Ric that, Flair, Mr. Perfect. That never made sense to me, like, like how they did it. Like, like, like my I found out a reason why they did that. Like that. Yeah, you can tell me. Well, so when Saturday nights, when they, when they used to produce Saturday Night's main event, yeah. it used to be in the, t- in the time slot for Saturday Night Live on NBC when they would you know run reruns. Yeah, like 11.30. Right? So what they would do is, you know, they for the most part they used to tape Saturday nights main event because they weren't running shows at eleven thirty at night. Unless you're out yeah. in the West Coast and it was live and they're and they're on the West Coast. Um anyhow, um they used to they used to put the the main event marquee matchup that was advertised on first and they would call it the T V main event because they knew that most of these people that were watching were young kids and they you know the parents weren't gonna let them stay up late. Good so they point. would put Hogan and Mr. Perfect on first. So they would put Ultimate Warrior and Ravishing Rick Rude on first. And then they would if you go back and you watch the old Saturday night's main events, like what was it? Um there was a Saturday night's main event the night that Andre beat Hogan for the belt. And yeah. they had the twin referees. That match went on second. Really? The main event was Strike Force and the Heart Foundation, and they ran out of time, and the match was still going on as they went off the air. I would have lost my mind if I saw that. But yeah. Well, but I remember the Hogan. Hogan we, yeah. I mean, it's 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 from night It's from February of nineteen eighty eight. I've yeah. contemplated wanting to do a watch along of that with you. Yeah, totally. Um, we we could possibly do that if you want. I like I I, I don't want to go so heavy on WWF, but yeah. at the same time, that's a big that's a big moment. Like Andre beating Hogan from you know from, from that particular um, that time period and winning the belt and then handing it over to DiBiase. Savage and Honky Tonk Man were the opening match on that card. Great match. Then Hogan and Andre for the belt, and then they yeah. ended with Strike Force and the Heart Foundation. And, 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 and they ran out of time. Yeah. Oh my God! I keep mentioning up to one in the morning, and they're like, "Sorry, folks, we're running out of time." Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I mean. You remember when watching a lot of the WCW programming? Tony Schiavone's favorite line is like, "The tape machines are rolling. We're out of time, folks." Drive we'll, nuts. We'll, we'll get to you know. You'll see the conclusion of this this Saturday on Power Hour or whatever. You know Driving what I mean? Nuts. Like, yeah, yeah. They used to do that a lot. It'd be interesting if they kind of did that in today's world, like nowadays, like with the advent of cell phone cameras and social media, like. You wouldn't have to wait a week. You would just have to wait like an hour or so, and then like you could find it on like you know yeah. social media, Twitter, or whatever the case may be. So that's something I think that would be able to fly. Yeah, it's, it's that um, other drove me nuts. Like like when they would say like you know it's at the end of the show, and they say like 
All right, it's a 10-minute time limit match, right? And you know they ring the bell. Was it, it was like seven minutes or something. That would drive me nuts, too. I'm like, that wasn't 10 minutes. Go suck a dick. <laughs> I'm like... like, like, like it, Another interesting story. Yeah. I'm going to cut you off for a minute. Another interesting story about that, especially with Ric Flair. I once heard this on Tony Schiavone's podcast, What Happened When. In the early days of Jim Crockett, you know, Flair used to boast and talk about how he would wrestle 60 minutes. He would do these one-hour broadways with Dusty Rhodes or Ricky Steamboat or whoever. And in the early days of Crockett, Jim, uh, Tony Schiavone used to be the timekeeper. And he would, uh, at these live events, he was also the ring announcer. So he would go over the mic. He's like, 15 minutes remaining in the match, 15 minutes. So... Flair would go to Shivani ahead of time before the match and say, hey, you mind speeding up the process to the finish uh, when you announce the time? He goes, I'm trying to get to the hotel, make it before the bar closes. Yeah. And so Shivani used to skip every few minutes and be like, if, if, if he said it was 15 minutes left in the match, there was really 20 or 23 minutes left. He would do that so that Nobody was keeping track of time. Is there, yeah. is, some people might have had to watch and been like, whoa, wait a minute, their watch must be off. But for the most part, most people weren't paying attention to their watch because they were watching the, because they were focused on the match. So Shivani makes a joke. He was like, Flair still brags about working 60-hour you know, broadways with Dusty and, and Barry Windham, but most of those matches were 45 minutes because I was the timekeeper. I'm keeper telling you, I'm going nuts. I'm telling you, they did that on live TV too. I'm telling you, it's the truth. I believe it. That, 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 uh, I believe it. Be like, time at a time. Like, I'm telling you, it'd be like six and a half, seven minutes. Yeah. You're like, no, you go, exactly. go. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that used to drive me nuts. Like, like you got, you finally getting into the match and bing, 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 and you know that wasn't ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. I used to feel that way sometimes too, watching wrestling as a kid. So. Our last episode, we we watched probably Ric Flair's greatest match in WWE or his greatest performance in WWE with the the Royal Rumble win. Then we fast forward a year later, and it's his last match in WWE um, against Mr. Perfect. Yep. We were talking about this earlier with Randy Savage and having a place on the WrestleMania Nine card. Do you think Ric Flair could have had a place? The, the story is, is that Brett went to, or I'm sorry, Vince went to Ric Flair and said, we're going with younger guys. We're going with Brett, we're going with Sean, we're going with Razor, yeah. and we're going to kind of phase back your role. You're not going to be the focal point. And Vince told Flair, if you want, you can um, you can uh, give your, your notice and, you know, stay until, you know, you find, you get a deal with WCW. And... Flair agreed, and so he gave his 90-day notice, and he wrestled for them, and he had already had a contract in place with WCW. He wouldn't appear for WCW until February, just a few weeks later at their Super Bowl pay-per-view. Um, uh, but the, the stipulation in his contract was following this was that he wasn't allowed to wrestle for WCW, I believe, for like five months, maybe six months, something like that. Something to that effect. He wasn't allowed to wrestle for six months. He can appear on TV in a non-wrestling role, but he can't wrestle in the ring. Which oh, that's is that, funny. Which is fucking stupid. But anyways, long story short here, I just went around the block. Yeah. 
Would there have been a, a place for Ric Flair on the WrestleMania card that year? All right, so that's so, how so Yokozuna Brett was the, the main, main event. event. That, so that WrestleMania, as we mentioned, was not a good one. Yep. So absolutely, put fucking... Where would you put Flair on that card? All right, so I'm trying to think who we had for a lineup. Um, you know who you could have done? That, uh, that, uh, so, so, you could have done maybe, instead of Hogan in a tag match, you have Hogan. And Flair? Oh, Hogan Flair. Yeah, absolutely. You finally get Hogan Flair. Why not? We're doing house money. Yeah, you're playing with house money. That's Why not do it? That's, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe have, like, you, you, you know, you know, then you have the, like, you know, because let's face it. And I don't think it took a rocket science to figure out that Bret Hart and Yokozuna was going to be a dud. So fucking, fucking have the 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 way they did it in and um for for um I get confused my yeah for ten, do do for nine to have to the uh, you know have uh, the winner of Hogan Flair wrestles the winner of, of Brad, Yoko uh, Brad. Brad Yoko. That's an interesting theory. See, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking Flair and Perfect have this match, the loser leaves WWF match at WrestleMania. That would have made sense too, yeah. You know, if I were to put, if 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 I were to put, all right. And you also have to take into account too. I would imagine that the Ultimate Warrior and the British Bulldog would have been factored into WrestleMania plans because they were fired in November of '92 for steroid use. They were tested positive, yeah, uh, and they were let go. So I would imagine Fl- Warrior and Brett would have been a part of, or Warrior and Bulldog. This is this is my WrestleMania nine card, okay? Brett and Yoko for the title, based on the Rumble, yep. right? <clears throat> I would still keep the tag match with Hogan and Beefcake against DiBiase and an IRS, okay? Flair and Perfect, loser leaves WWF. I would still do. I I, I guess I would still do Undertaker, Giant Gonzalez. Um, Lex Luger, the narcissist, against the ultimate warrior. Yeah. Okay? Warrior was kind of a, a thorn in the side of Ric Flair and Bobby Heenan at that time. They brought Luger in to kind of counteract Mr. Perfect. They could Luger could be the one to try to take out Warrior, match power for power. Razor Ramon and Randy Savage. Okay? Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty for the Intercontinental oh, come title. On. How could that not that? How is that not a WrestleMania match? They fired they fired Gennetti the day after the Royal Rumble this, what, on this date. What did he do? They claimed he was drunk and fell asleep before the match at the Royal Rumble. Uh, but the story I've heard was that yeah. he legit was just asleep because he was tired from partying from the night before. What a fucking idiot! The Steiners and the Head Shrinkers still have their match. Yeah. Okay, because that was a pretty fun match. And then the ninth match on that card. I would do Tatanka and Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. So you have nine matches on that WrestleMania card. You get rid of Razor and Backlund. Oh, oh, you know what? (laughs) Call an audible. Call an audible. Yeah. Tatanka, Bam Bam. I keep crushing Doink, too. So that's ten matches on that WrestleMania card. Yeah, yeah, I like crushing Doink. I I like to finish that match. Yeah. You get the double Doinks. The double Doinks, yeah. Two finishes, yeah. (laughs) So that would be my... But I like the idea of how they did it with 10. Flair and Hogan. Yeah. 
So you so you say Flair versus Hogan finally have that match. I think that's a Winner faces Bret and Yoko. Like, I think the, the biggest monstrosity. I like that idea. I think the biggest monstrosity in WrestleMania history. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tie for me. It's that we never got Hogan Flair and we never got uh, Legion of Doom Demolition on, on a Mania. Yeah. Like, that's crazy yep. to me. That's crazy to yeah, me. Yeah, I know. I know. The crazier one is Hogan and Flair. Yeah, but I still think Demolition. Uh, and for, and anyway. I, I'm with you. Yeah. I thought WrestleMania 7 was Demolition Road Warriors all day. Instead, they put Demolition in a tag match with two Japanese guys, and the Road <laughs> Warriors beat the shit out of Paul Roma and Hercules in 15 seconds. Makes no sense. Oh, anyway, makes no sense. The, the, I mean, we, we've talked about it before. We've yeah. talked about it on this podcast. They thought that the Demolition Road Warriors matches, they weren't good. They didn't have good chemistry. They pulled oh, the plug on it pretty quickly. Damn. It could have been... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. But let's get back to this match here. Yeah. Flair, perfect. Um... We talked about it in the car. You said this was this could easily be Mr. Perfect's biggest victory, biggest moment in the I, WWF. I really do. At least for me, it's my so so bigger so, than him winning the Intercontinental Title the first time from Tito Santana. See, I I I I, I you know it. I know it. You don't remember it, it. Yeah. I don't remember it. Yeah. The, like the two biggest moments is when is when. when he, yeah, he lost to um, Brett at SummerSlam. Yep, that's a great it's moment. A great match. Yep, great the, match. I can't believe it. Classic. Yeah, like, like had a essentially a broken back wrestling. Yep. The, 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 Still the, put on a hell of a performance. Unbelievable, unbelievable. That in and this is my two are his two big ma- big big matches yeah. from from uh, his his time in the company. So I think his biggest win per se. I think his biggest match, his most memorable, is against Brett SummerSlam. Yep. But but uh, in WWF, yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. That, Absolutely, uh, but his biggest win, I think it has to be against Flair. I really do. Yeah, I can't argue. I mean, that's hard to argue. It is. It's really hard to argue. I don't. Here, here's why. So this is coming from a, a an overall wrestling yeah. fan. You're not just a WWF fan. You knew Flair from outside of WWF yeah. and yeah. NWA, WCW, whatever, right? So within the WWF bubble. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not talking about he won the A. No, I know, no, but no, 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 I know that. But what I'm saying is, no, let me finish. What I'm saying is, is that within the WWF bubble, people didn't really know who Ric Flair was outside of the WWF. The people that just watched the WWF, and there, actually, there was a, I I listened to a Bruce Pritchard podcast recently where he had said that, um, he had said that Flair thought. He was a bigger star than he was when he came in 91, 92. But Flair was a big star in wrestling, but within the WWF scope of it, he wasn't as big of a deal as WWF fans thought he was. Oh, I totally agree with that. That, that uh, I remember as a kid, people were like, who the fuck is this guy? Exactly. I got the same thing at the lunch table. <laughs> Who's Ric Flair? Who the and then I'd have to come like, in and bring really? in the like, magazines. Like, like no. you didn't know? Four Horsemen. Oh, look at this. Him versus Mac and T.I. Come on. Yeah. Sting, Dusty Rhodes, yeah. Ricky Steamboat. All those classics he had, you know? Yeah, my friends had a, my friends at school that watched wrestling, they had a hard time with it because they were, they they were like, you know, they, they were. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. That, 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 uh, but anyway, to, to bring that, kind of bring that subject up, it's like the WWE guys would be like, be like, you bring your magazines, you're like, really, you don't know who this guy is? And then they show it to WCW, like, 
Hey, you think I watched the Uncle Bob wrestling? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Bob wrestling. Oh, man. But, uh... But, yeah, I used to, I used to hate that when, like... When, when like when like you you have like this two hour conversation with your buddy and it's but it'd be like old WWF stuff right then you try to bring in some some other federations and they're like what the fuck are you talking about I'm like oh no come on that's why we find the connection but um but I agree with that 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 uh that, that you can tell that promos when he had the when he had the the uh, the WCW title belt like he thought he was like. Hotter shit than he really was. Flair? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. As a fan, I I didn't see... Well, I didn't see anything flawed in this run during his time in WWF. You know, he won the Rumble. He was the champ. He had that great yeah. rivalry with Savage. The only thing that I didn't like about this run was the fact that he... He didn't wrestle Hogan at WrestleMania. That was the big, that was the big caveat there. Was that he didn't? Oh, that was nice. Little taped brass knuckles. You don't think you did, maybe like backstage politics, but like I'm not doing the job for Hogan. That makes really. Difficult. We've talked about it before, but I think it's a combination of things. I think, I think it's a combination of the fact that Hogan was leaving. Yeah. Okay, to take a break slash stay off the radar because the feds were all over the company at the time, and I think they didn't want. They didn't want to put the title on Hogan. They didn't want to have the match because Hogan was leaving and then putting the title on Hogan would be like a red flag to the feds because the feds was all over the company about this, regarding the steroid trial. Yeah. And they didn't want to end a WrestleMania with Ric Flair beating Hulk Hogan. That's good point. But then they didn't want to waste a WrestleMania match with Hogan and Flair if Hogan was going to leave and his his future was uncertain and flair was still going to stick around so they they i've seen interviews on dvds and different per- retrospectives that the company told the company has said that hogan and flair didn't draw well in like new york and boston and all the major markets that it just wasn't me? Yeah, I watched the show recently, a couple months back. It was a, yeah. it was, a, it was on their their old school section on the network. It was Hogan and Flair from Madison Square Garden in October of 1991, and the 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 place was unglued when Hogan wrestled Flair. You had a finger, right? But I don't know what they what their criteria is just for not a, drawing well. If just it, out of curiosity, what was the, the Hogan went clean? But like, I think it was, was like finish? a DQ finish of some okay. kind. But I think that that was designed for them to have the match at WrestleMania. I could be mistaken. I really don't know. But it was one of those things where when he went when when he when it was announced they were going to have the match after Flair won the Rumble and Hogan was named the number one contender. When they announced the match, it was like a you know a dream come true. Finally, yeah. we could see these two go at it. You know, one from the NWA, one from the WWF. You know. And then they switched it up quickly after Hogan and Sid had that beef. And then they changed direction. It was just, even as a kid, it was disappointing. It just didn't make, make a lot of sense to me. Like, Flair's going to wrestle Savage, and now... And don't get me wrong, I like the lead-up. Perfect, Plex, here we go. One, two, 
Three. Good finish. Oh, wow. Out of nowhere. Yeah, good finish. Holy cow. Then the greatest perfect class of all time. Wow. Good well, finish. this was the main event because yeah. it was about three minutes left of this program as we're watching it. Oh, man. Oh, he's flipping out. Yeah. this old Monday night that draw. was we're, fun we're, we're getting towards the end of it we got about a minute or so left 30 seconds left of this Monday night raw um, crowd shot here looks like the bushwhackers didn't make the cut oh no but next week we got typhoon and doink the clown on an episode of Monday night raw as they're previewing the following week I don't know if they taped the one following this yeah. or if it was live again I'm not quite sure and then um, yeah, we are rolling credits. It's about that time. It's time to end this episode of Monday Night Raw, as well as end this episode of Kicking Out at Two. Thanks, Dennis. This was a blast. A lot uh, of fun. Raw turns th- Raw's Raw actually just turned thirty. Um, or excuse me, so it's January tenth as we're recording this. Raw will turn thirty tomorrow, the eleventh, but they're going to be celebrating it on the twenty third in Philadelphia. So this was kind of fun to go back a little bit. Little throwback, if you will, from the very third episode. Not the first, but the third. You can yep. find the first episode of Raw in the in the archives at Retromania as actually I did a watch along of it by myself during COVID. Uh, as a, a special request for, for Mike Ferrara, longtime fan of the show. So uh Kobe and I did it just recently, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh chopping it up, if you will. In public, if you will. Uh, but yeah. Thanks, Dennis. This has been a blast. Always, uh, always February always. coming up. I think I got some ideas planned. We're, I, we might even watch some nitros. Maybe, hate a, it. Maybe, maybe a thunder. You hate it? No, not hate it. Oh, uh, okay. Um, some ECW stuff. We're gonna go roulette style, if yeah. you will. I do. You know, I'm kind of torn because there's some things I want to watch that I haven't watched in a while, like Andre beating Hogan with the twin referee finish. Yeah. But then I've also thought about maybe wanting to watch. That episode of Monday Night Raw when the New Age Outlaws threw the dumpster over the, the thing with Cactus Jack. And, I'm not a big fan of the New Age Outlaws, but I love, love that rivalry. Okay, yeah. maybe we'll watch that. I'm not quite sure. I'm, I'm kind of all over the place here, so I, I really don't yeah. know. Um, so we'll see, but it'll be roulette style. We'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. Um, 
And with that being said, I think it's officially about that time that we put this show down for the three count. We'll see you all next time.